anarchists, violent mobs, arsons, looters, criminals, rioters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as tall as white kids. I said, please don't be too nice. We choose truth over facts. I am your president of law and order. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. In the white room with black curtains near the station. Yes, sir. We back, ladies and gentlemen. We've returned. Yes, yes, sir. After a long hiatus of recording, we are back. Episode fifty-one. We are here, live in effect, whispering you sweet nothings about a revolution that may never come. You never know, though. But not if we have something to say about it. Amen. There you go. <laughs> um, hey, so lots to talk about. Last episode we recorded fifty was actually in the beginning of May. You guys are going to be getting that a little late. We've been uh, in the middle of a whole lot of different stuff, working on bringing you guys a whole lot of new content um, and kind of revamping the whole podcast. Um, we're going to be – you can find us. You know what? I'll announce all that stuff later. This is – we're enjoying it. It's our last episode in our first studio. Mm-hmm. We're going to you know spread out, record for a while. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to be recording remote, but I just, you know, made a big investment, got a nice remote studio. I'm going to have it all hooked up. I'm talking like Joe Rogan level. You know, you guys are going to be hearing my whole entire vocal fry. Mm. The sound quality is going to be amazing. Yeah. And we're going to keep bringing you guys episodes probably once a week. Um, and But before we kind of go on the new schedule, the new release schedule, we're going to do one last super long studio shooting the shit episode, which we know you guys love. Mm. Um a lot's gone on during May and into we're now, you know, it's it's June, it's early June when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how are you feeling about everything? Was it general about life? Yeah, I guess. fuck yeah, life. Yeah, and life, I feel, I've, I've been feeling like a little bit sad because everybody's been leaving mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. you know, as of recently. Yep. And at the same time, I feel like. I have to embrace change more. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to focus on is trying to embrace change and yeah. be somewhat excited for the future and look at the positives. And there's plenty of positives, you know? Yeah. Um, so what my co-host is referencing is that uh, me, my roommate, um, and a couple other people, we're all hitting the road. We're hitting the road, Jack. We are out of North Carolina. I'm not going to say where I'm living, but we're 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 on the road. Um and it's going to be different. I, I for one, I'm really going to miss the ground level activism in North Carolina, and just like it, it is on display here. If you want an education on the actual race struggle in America, it's in North Carolina and in the Deep South, even further down. And like you know, that's where you can really learn about the dynamics and what really goes on. And like in the big cities, it's a completely different game. Out here, it is so different. Yeah. The way the cops operate, all that. Um, and you know, I've lived here eight years before leaving and mm. I'm really grateful for the experience living in North Carolina taught me a lot. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, it's it, but yeah, on your point about embracing change, I, uh, it's a time of change both in our personal lives and for the podcast. I think we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're really entering a new chapter, but I think it's, I think it's exciting stuff. Um, the part that's, I'm moving into a more urban environment and I'll bitch about this. Um, it is the part of the change I don't like mm-hmm. is that I am now not able to cut myself off from the world and hang out with my cool friends. 
I am now surrounded by young professionals. Yeah. The the fully capitalist brainwashed sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have their nice tight khaki shorts, button down Herschel backpack, mm-hmm. all bird shoes, and a bag from Sweet Green. Yeah. Like and, and mm-hmm. walking around the street, nice clean haircut, fucking staring at the homeless tents like, ugh. Yeah. I wish the cops would destroy that. Like, like that is who I am around now. The In the city I'm moving to, the first thing I saw when I pulled up was a mural of Rosa Parks holding hands with all the U.S. presidents. <laughs> that gives it away, though. Does that give it away? I'm sure, yeah. I, there's a lot of head-ass murals like that. <laughs> there's a lot of, like, good luck. If you want to figure... We'll, we'll do some research and yeah. figure out if that is, like, a, um, a one of what or a one of many. I'm probably a one of many. <laughs> yeah, I'm certain. Even if it's not that exact mural, there's a lot of head-ass shit like that. Mm. Um the best is like the photo of like Obama and Malcolm X riding on horses together, and it's like, yeah, I'm not not sure. No, I'm not, I'm not buying <laughs> I'm that. Not, I'm not, not sure. <laughs> I don't. But yeah, Rosa Parks holding hands with George W. Bush mm. definitely takes the cake for some of the more egregious murals I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 while I've appreciated being able to hide away from the pressures and the kind of, you know. You are everyone, no matter how strong you are, you're influenced by the people around you. I've been grateful for to be able to just like live in my compound in the country, North Carolina, and like, mm. you know, with my fucking guns and just doing my thing, yeah. blaring my music. And like, that was great. Um, and but in a lot of ways, I was able to hide, I think, and look away from the problems of society. When we were going through this time of change, I was really thinking to myself, I hope I don't, I was really panicked. Like, I hope I don't lose myself by being surrounded by all these people and being surrounded by all this. Um, and you know, then it occurred to me, there's, you know, there's, I just don't ever see that happening that I'll change. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I was really grateful to be living in North Carolina and kind of be able to almost not be away from all the professional class bullshit, a lot of the elitism, you could cut yourself off from it if you want to. Um, and at the end of the day, I feel a lot more comfortable around and, and, you know, because I'm white, this is why, um, the fucking, the, the country bumpkins that are anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers, anti-woke culture, anti-this, I'm way more comfortable in a bar with them than I am with like the fucking you snobby, know, yeah. rich, uh, ultra Link, rich the LinkedIn people. people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like no, we're like dead non-consensually it. trying to network with you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, I, I'd so, like, bro, I'm just trying to drink a beer right yeah, now. Why no, are like, you telling me where? I, why are you asking me where I work at, bro? Like, I, I don't want to talk about that. I'm in a bar. Yeah, I'm, no, a, like, I'm trying to forget about that. Yes. Um, yeah, fucking so. <laughs> I really can't. It's it's that's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But by living in a city now, um, a I'll be able to go to more protests because mm. you can just like in North Carolina, you have to worry about like leaving Car. your car. They'll mm. get your license plate. You leave your phone at home. You got to get back, and it's, there's no public transportation. Like it's a fucking shit show. In a city, you can move around. You could you know be. be be uh be swift like water you know yeah. you can and so that I'm, I'm a little more excited for that um and and another thing that it's been i think I, I didn't anticipate was how radicalizing living in a city would be every day mm. when i was in north carolina i was able to look away from i think the problems of the world they're still there and and you definitely see some of the problems that people in cities are not exposed to mm-hmm. in rural north carolina but when you are in a city and you see the juxtaposition of the douchebags getting $17 cocktails with the homeless on the street 
and the cops watching them mm. and the big buildings above them and the beautiful sky above that that's on the beautiful earth that's being soiled there's something that i've been looking away from and 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 nicely uh you know peacefully avoiding yeah that i'm now confronted with nonstop every day and that for 100% only intensifies the fire within me to make a change in this world because it's so i mean you see it it's just mm. there the inequality is in your fucking face yeah but what blows me about that is how are there then all these people who are entirely consumed with hoarding wealth, the pursuit of wealth, and that being the entire way of ranking somebody's worth. Because mm-hmm. that's who is around these people. And, and the mental gymnastics that must be required to walk past that every day and not let it actually you know, affect you in the way that it would anybody. Mm. It, uh, that's what's been difficult to wrap my mind around. And that's, the, that's, I think, been the most disturbing thing that I didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. But it is moving in that... I'm now like, whoa, okay, maybe getting out of be hiding away from the world was the right thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe me hiding away out in, out in rural North Carolina was, was kind of an easy way out. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and that makes me think a lot about this tendency on the left, and I think with people, maybe not even leftists, but just to have this kind of anti-authoritarian podcast, like uh, podcast. <laughs> people who have anti-authoritarian podcasts and beliefs yeah. want to go to compounds and they mm. kind of want to remove from society. Yeah. Um, and I think I followed that urge for a while. I've now completely reversed it. Um, I don't think it's the right urge. I think it's, I think it's the wrong thing to do because mm. what you're essentially doing um, and Ryan Cooper, who's been on the pod before actually really eloquently spoke about this. He was talking about how, you know, for a lot of people who are do evil, and take mm. part in an evil system. For a lot of them, they view themselves as moral. And it's the people rebelling against the system that are immoral. And how are they able to justify those mental gymnastics? Well, they don't view being responsible for a collective and the way that like your average Antifa foot soldier feels responsible for a collective of people and feels something greater than themselves mm. and is willing to sacrifice their individual body, individual life for this greater, larger cause, larger amount of people, mm. that isn't in their uh, spectrum of vision. They can't see that. Because to them, what is not... Because that's actually selfish behavior to them, to be mm. out in the streets. What's, what's selfless to them and what's actually helping other people is to, not in an individualistic way, it's almost not the right word, but in a collectivist way, only be concerned about your individual collective, your family. Yeah. And you kind of have these communities, mm. and especially I think this is how the Christian fascist right that Chris Hedges talks about mm. kind of comes to be, is you have these church communities or these small communities yeah. where they're all each other, and they all help each other out, give each other the shirt off their back, but it's everyone on the outside of that. Yeah. Outside that culture. Mm. That, and you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you need to be within our, you know, mm. a set of standards mm-hmm. in order to receive any help from us whatsoever. Mm-hmm. When that shouldn't be the case, because we should be promoting mutual aid at all yeah. at all costs. Yeah, you know? 100%. Because that is the thing that's, you know, going to help us out most in the long run, yeah. I think. Yeah, so, 100%. You know, so. I, I love mutual aid. Mm. Um, and we're about to launch um, different ways for people. We're never going to pay well any of our content. We're about to do writing. We're about to do more podcasts. But none of it's going to be paywall, but we are going to have options for donations. And me and my co-host here talking about 
whether we're going to donate stuff to bail funds or mutual aid, maybe a slip between the two. Maybe we'll do mm-hmm. a poll with you guys. But anyway, and I mean, we could talk. There's a million reasons why churches kind of steer away from mutual aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually shows a lot about exactly what I'm talking about, this yeah. kind of we help our own, mm-hmm. um, you know, pray to get your beans type deal. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but anyway, I think the larger point that I'm kind of getting at here is they're able to think of their individual pursuit of wealth as securing something good for their family and for helping others. Yeah, I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it to buy a car. Like, and they can actually look mm-hmm. at some more selfish capitalists and say, those are bad, immoral, greedy people. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing yeah, it for I'm just family. trying to get my kid on. You know, I'm yeah. just trying to get my kid through, through college. Yes. That's like the main, you know, that's a yes. justification, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and then they're not bad people, but in practice end up doing a bad thing. But they're justifying for what they actually think are the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And it... I think it even has to do with language. In our country, we talk about, like, what is responsible in America? What is being responsible? Being responsible, growing up even, is a great bourgeois term. I think both of those things, um, what they've become in this kind of late capitalist post-2020 era, is becoming less, uh, I don't even know what the word is, less kind. Mm. It becoming less kind. And becoming more selfish and becoming more, individualistic. more serious, and you got to get your shit together, yeah. and all of this. And what does all that shit really mean and translate <coughs> to? Because we use all these words that aren't what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Get, like, what is get, get your shit together? Such an abstract thing. Mm-hmm. I think what people really mean to say is you have to. And when I think when and you, this is illuminating when you talk to older people and you're bitching about the world, it's like kind of this. That's just the way it is. Thing. Mm-hmm. I think what they view as growing up and responsibility is. Letting go of childish things, like believing and helping others. But like there's so many I, I know there there's people in my life uh that are like, Yeah, when I, I thought the same way when I was your age and then I just grew up and then yeah. uh, you know, it's, now and now when you're my age you'll see what I'm you'll talking get it. about. You'll get it. Yeah. No, I won't. In and fact, it's like, in fact, the older I get, the more I fucking like despise the system and what it creates and what it empowers. You know, so, I've really noticed that too. Yeah. And I was worried with this move. Like, am I doing it for the wrong re? Like, why am I? Move- mm. You know, why am I going? And and yeah. and for the podcast listeners, I moved not for a job or anything. Um, I moved for uh, this girl I like. <laughs> Just I really got <laughs> yes, yeah. this girl you like. Yeah, this girl I like. Um, nice. So that's oh, what that's what happened there. Dude's right. Yeah. Uh, and and you know I'm really I'm like you know what what the fuck am I, am I gonna become a prick? And then the second I showed up in the city, I'm like, oh, I could never become one of these people. In fact, being here makes me hate them even more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is in the opposite effect yeah. of what you thought was gonna I'm happen. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. As I, just, I can imagine. Yeah. That's no, that. it's been yeah. so radicalizing. I've been there like a week. Like <laughs> not even like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, fucking. So that's crazy. Mm. Um, and. And I don't even know how I really got on this, but it's just to say that, like, well, I, I think it's how about being responsible to the collective? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I look at my own life. I've dropped out of school. I've, you know, in the past year and a half, as the protests have surged, I've completely almost rededicated myself to, like, that's my focus. This is kind of what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, like, in it to make money. I, like, genuinely. And and it's I think been a difficult thing less. And I think listeners that have listened to all the episodes can maybe hear it. 
somewhere along the line, you know, early on, I really believed we were like shit was going to change. When the third mm-hmm. precinct burned down, I went to all these pro. I felt like, whoa, we're doing it. Like yeah. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't quite. Um, and now I'm in this weird place where like I kind of was ready to give it all for this thing that never came. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think it's easy by any you know capitalist metric. I'm a abject failure. I, I'm not really doing anything that is mm-hmm. making a whole bunch of money. I got lucky a while ago cryptocurrency investments that I can like live off of. But mm-hmm. like that's that's it. I don't like I'm yeah. not doing you know I don't like when people we were just talking about networking a bar and people ask me what do I do. I, I, like I, I don't yeah. even, I don't know what to say. Like yeah. I'm like uh, you know a little bit of this, a little yeah, bit of that, a little bit of day trading, a little yeah. bit. Of, you know, I'm, I'm a. What about what do you do? <laughs> you gotta do that though. Yeah, you gotta no, actually like, do that I, in real life. The, the next time that you're in a bar and somebody says that shit to you, you got you actually gotta say that. Yeah. even though I'm gonna beef it. But <laughs> yeah, and I think if you start fucking talking about like, yeah, I'm trying to move the needle. I'm the I'm trying to talk to kids that you know are getting on the alt right pipeline. I'm trying to do this, that, and there. People like are gonna look like. Oh, so there's good money in that? You can open a Patreon? We've had this. We've talked to our friends in yeah. real life about the podcast. And what do they always start talking to us about? Yeah, so oh, we, so what do you start a Patreon? Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. We, how many times have we been drunk in a bar yelling about how we don't want to? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, all that you've heard it, like, at least 12 times. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking... It's so it's it's really yeah. crazy. And I think it's, a lot of it has to do with just fucking language. It's... uh. And the way we think about things. And, and, you know, and there's something to be said about being responsible to a family and all that. I think that's a noble thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I respect people that do that. But I really, I think I loved what Temetrakis had to say about Jesus and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and how when they showed up looking for a miracle, he told them to fuck off. <laughs> 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 like, and yeah. and, and I, I, I don't know. I think there's something to that. Um, and I also, uh, something from the Temetrakis interview that stuck with me a bunch is... Talking about how a prophet is never acceptable in his hometown. Because for me, now that I've left, I can already see a level of acceptance from people that I didn't have here in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And not because it's not even a cultural on a city thing, but I think literally um, just on a level of like people think they already know you, you know, like yeah. he said, you know, to Jesus to them was the carpenter's son, not a prophet. And so who the fuck they're not gonna like listen to me. But but now, uh, with a clean slate where I'm moving, it's kinda like, oh, I can be who I wanna be and that's like who I am. Um and, and people listen to that and take that seriously. Um and, and so that's been a that's been something that's that's interesting. Um I hope the listeners aren't bored by all this personal talk. Um, no, I think they would enjoy it. Yeah. You but, know, you know, they don't hear anything about our life. It's all usually sad and depressing. So, yeah. you know, before we get into the sad, depressing shit, you yeah, know, it's good to. Yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been running, listeners. So I've now this, yeah. I've ran twice. So I'm not like I can't really say I've been running, but I ran mm-hmm. twice. I'm so sore. I've not worked out really. The biggest workout I had was like throwing tear gas back at the cops <laughs> the past year. Like that that was working out for me. Other than that, yeah. I was like laid up in the fucking crib eating. Like yeah. that was that was what I was on. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Um, 
fucking I'm doing that and and hopefully you know what's funny is protests are kind of what made me want to work out more because I'd get mm. so tired with all the gear on and then the tear gas it's hard to breathe like I'd really be like at the end of the day like shot yeah. and so now I'm like alright I gotta I think it's good if I want to do this I gotta do it yeah so, to be somewhat in shape you know just yeah. be able to, I think to be able to run a mile is probably like the, the bar metric or you, yeah. you know no, not, not be, to say that like you if you can't do that you shouldn't come out to protest but you know it's just like at some point, it's going to get, like, violent. Violence is going to come towards you. Yeah. So you want to kind of be protecting yourself. You need to and, be in, yeah, you need to yeah. be somewhat fit. And, yeah. like, as as out of shape I, I, I am, I'm a young, early 20s guy. You know, I'm tall. Like, so it was easy for me to go to protest and be like, all right, I'll hold my own. Um, but, yeah, if I was, like, a smaller dude out of shape if we, like, needed to get out of situations, like, mm-hmm. I totally probably would have questioned going in. Like, I almost went in like I was, a like, a like in a video game, like a tank. I'm like, all right, I'm big. On the yeah. I can't run, so I got to fight. Like, you know, like, that's what I was on. Like, I can't, I can't run, so I got to fight. But I, I got a lot of HP. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know? like you take. Yeah, you're, and, and I learned that as a kid, you know. <laughs> I got a lot of HP. But it's, it's real. Uh, yeah, yeah, Some no, people do. Yeah. I learned as a kid, I think it illuminates, like, everyone's got to get socked in the face one time because mm-hmm. i think once you learn how you can take a punch that really informs how you carry yourself in life yeah <laughs> like, i honestly yeah, yeah no for real i think that's real in, in a way dude i want to do mma so bad do you i do i, I want sh- let's transition to being more of a joe rogan style podcast yeah <laughs> we just like tangentially <laughs> talk about mma and then be like yeah dude the government fucking sucks bro like, <laughs> and, just, and just while we're on dmt and shit like jesus <laughs> yeah I, yo i want to do dmt DMT. I don't know how I feel about it. I want to do DMT, but I, I it's a lot. It seems like yeah, a lot it seems to die. Like, yeah, like, it's like like, a, like it's pretty much like you know the most intense shit ever, right? Isn't I, it the same thing that your like brain releases? It's right? death. You're experiencing death. To my knowledge, you're experiencing death, like the chemicals that release in your brain when you die. So like, and people say they go up and meet the machine elves. So I have to imagine that when people die and come back and they're like, I went to heaven, it's like they like, you know, trip the fuck out. Like, yeah. You know, and maybe th- and not to discount that machine elves or whatever the fuck is up there isn't real. Mm-hmm. F- for all I know, fucking is. But, you know, that that, you know, it seems to be connected. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I want to ask the machine elves what they think about cops. <laughs> love to get there. <laughs> love to get there. You get up there and just be like, hey, what do you, what do you think about uh, this whole system? We're in? Inside Ed Shader, episode 52, we're interviewing the machine elves about cops and police brutality. <laughs> Just five minutes of dead silence. Yeah, right? I was just, just like, be like "Holy shit, dude! That fucking <laughs> that machine elf said that Mo- the fucking motherfuckers co- just hear lighters going." Yeah, <laughs> and bulls being pulled. Yeah, and then complete silence for five minutes. <sighs> Fuck. Um. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what's I think just been uh, wild is. Being in this city, and I think it's the same with all cities, is there's all this Black Lives Matter paraphernalia up. And some of it is cool because it's graffiti. You know, it's not supposed to be there, la, la, la. Or it's in a house. And, like, I think in some cities, if you have it in your house in the door, that is a political statement because in so many cases, protesters have been running from the cops. Could you pass me that, uh, Seltzy? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, so many people have been running from the cops and taking shelter in houses that have a Black Lives Matter sign outside. And on a million occasions, cops have, like, literally fired tear gas in us at houses. So, like, yeah, you know, there are multiple occasions where that happened. So, 
you know, not dis. I, I don't want to discount people who will put Black Lives Matter up in their window in a city, you know, mm-hmm. especially if they're the type of people that won't turn people away looking for help. Yeah. But there are corporate buildings and like, and even worse, property developments that clearly like displaced black people, you know, mm-hmm. like from this neighborhood and are the reason there's homelessness all around you can't ignore. Mm-hmm. And yet they have these murals about like black trans lives matter and like this, that, and the third. And all these people walking around too with their fucking expensive cocktails, they all voted for fucking Joe Biden. And they all are, like, pretty content. They feel like we fucking did something. Yeah. And it, and it's so disheartening. And it almost feels like, do these idiots look at that Black Lives Matter sign and go, nice. Yep. Good yep. shit. We did it. We're, we're sending that message out to all those yeah. racist people. Yeah. We, yeah. We're, we're fucking handing it to yeah. them. Yeah. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah. No, winning. I really think. Like, that may be, a, like, a, a fucking actual attitude of people that we're winning this thing. Yeah. I actually like, think so. Yeah. I actually think so. And, like, if you were just a dickhead in the city. And and the police there are like kind of on like like the homeless encampments clearly aren't being raided, like the cops, I in the city I'm in I haven't seen or heard or read anything that egregious lately, and it, clearly they are on their toes in a lot of cities, mm-hmm. uh, and on their back heels. Those people are so disconnected from like what's going on in fucking Elizabeth City, North Carolina, mm. where there's like a fucking military occupation and it's like fucking Baghdad. Like mm. and, and the cops are like it's a fascist state. Like and, and 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 it's like it almost seems not purposeful, and that's almost the scarier thing. It's not these corporations getting together like, how do we trick them into thinking they're winning? It's literally just like some dumb motherfucker who works for these property development people and thinks they're a good person working for those property development people. And it's like, you know what? I'm, I got them to put the mural up at the board meeting. Good. I moved the needle. Mm-hmm. And like the, and, and I think that's really what like, that's neoliberalism. Everyone fucking people have written books, including our uh, guest on our podcast, Tema Tragas. Yeah. What's neoliberalism? They come up with a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Here's one for me. Neoliberalism is someone who works at a property development firm and feels really accomplished at the end of the day because they got a Black Lives Matter mural put on the wall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You are, like... Yeah. You feel like you're doing your part. You know, yeah. You feel like you're you're standing in line. That's your solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's yeah. neoliberal. Like, you you have, you yeah. do... And you and you want this system, to the gears of it to keep spinning. In fact, you'll participate in it for money. But you're a good person. You're not like the other psychopaths. You know, this is just the way it is. And that's growing up. And that's why I think people have this aversion to, like, being publicly leftist is because mm. they don't want to be seen as immature. And that's why I think so often what you get from centrists is, like, I'm just mature and wise enough to see the nuances. Because these and, – and, and, like, I really, like – I feel like I'm going on a tirade against, like, growing up this episode. But, like, I really feel like it, it's a fucking trap. Yeah. These fucking morons, <laughs> they think they're adults. They're pacified fucking children. They're babies. Yeah, no, they, they literally get – spoon-fed whatever propaganda they want fucking want to hear mm-hmm. and they ignore the shit that they you know can't ignore yeah and then uh you participate in what they want to participate the easy slam dunks yeah you know yeah and uh and they get to pat themselves on the back and then when everyone's talking about what they do at the bar they get mm-hmm. to be like and you know what i accomplished this week i got a mural put up for black lives yeah and then some dumb not gonna use the b word some dumb woman throws them pussy and the cycle keeps spinning, and then they burn the fucking <laughs> dumbass fucking kid, and then the the gears keep spinning, baby. Yeah, yeah. that's right, <laughs> dude. It's a uh, you're you're probably absolutely right. While I'm being misogynistic, 
Oh God! <laughs> All right, gear up. It's the list, listen up, hour. listen up, incels. Here's one for you guys. I've been. Uh... <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Ah, uh, we have almost recreated prima nocta through economic domination. What is, what is that? Do you know what prima nocta is? I do not. I'm not. I've... Prima nocta is, was something in feudal times, like when there were kings and shit, uh-huh. where on the night of a wedding in, uh, in the king's province, um, the king had first right to fuck, to take the woman's virginity. Mm-hmm. So on your wedding night, the king would fuck your wife first. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Or like maybe not your wedding night, but like... You're either, like prior, e- e- either way, your wife is getting like fucked. By yeah, a kid. and I, I'm pretty sure prima nocta just translates to first dibs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way you described it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and in a lot of ways. <laughs> and hear me out on this. And you know, this is actually a pro woman point. This isn't even misogynistic. Sorry, incels. It, we have such an exploitive fucking economic system that now women are just, like, forced into, like – and listen, se- oh, this is going to be bad. I'm trying to wear – I love and am friends with so many sex workers. And like, I'm not – like, I'm not <laughs> talking shit about sex work. Like, this is not where, I, where I'm going with this. But I think even some of my, my friends who are sex workers would agree with me that, like, a lot of younger girls are pushed into this OnlyFans thing. Like, it's a liberatory thing. And in reality, it's like not like a lot of times they're not getting a whole lot of money. Um, people are screenshot and sharing their shit. Like there's, it's an exploitive fucking thing. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, you take that a step further, and if you can understand how that's exploitive, think about these relationships and these power structures. Like, like I'm about to go to a sexual assault benefit this weekend with like the hoity doity fucking yuppie crowd, and fucking they're all going to be like patting themselves on the back, like, "Yep, I'm against sexual assault." But are want to do nothing to dismantle the power structures that enable that kind of sexual assault and abuse. Well, the facts, though. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And uh, the, the benefit is enough for them, and they've done their part by donating their fifty dollar pledge. You know? Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't want to make the trite point about how Me Too was a fucking fraud, and the second it was against Joe yeah, Biden, they all nah. banned it. Like everyone's heard that spiel. But listen to this spiel. Like, we all care about sexual assault, but not enough to change the power structures that change it. And sure, I think a lot of people are just dumb enough to believe that, like, yep, we did it. It's changing. But my true belief is, as long as you have systems where there are billionaires and millionaires talking and interacting with fucking 23-year-old women interns, there's going to be abuse. There's no way around that because the power imbalance is there. There's not, and as those power imbalances fucking grow, you're only going to see more and more this fucking, what do you even call it? Uh, gross behavior. Gross behavior, but it's like a new prima nocta. And I think the incels, you know, and, and it, it brings me back to the drill tweet, on second thought, under no circumstance do you gotta hand it to Hitler. But to hand it to the incels, <laughs> just one time... I think they're perceiving a real trend that is bad. And and they're wrong about so much shit. And many of them could probably get laid if they just chilled out a drop. Mm-hmm. But, but my real take is 
there is like like they talk about uh they have this crazy stat where it's like yeah the chads fuck 90 percent of the women and then the 10 percent of them are left for the rest of us like you know what i'm saying yeah but let's actually break that down like there are just these wealthy soulless fucks who in their endless pursuit of just hedonistic consumption because they don't know anything fucking else and and it's just an endless fucking cycle of consumption that'll never make them happy just fucking tear through endless women those are like they and, and that's always the rich pricks a because they have the moral failings that fucking uh, enable that kind of lifestyle and not to get all fucking puritanical like if you want to have sex have fucking sex like that's not I'm not trying to say be sex negative but like to just fucking have sex for the entire pursuit of just like uh, there, there's a there's there's having casual sex and there's an actual pursuit of like yeah I'm fucking the most bitches I can because that's like domination and that's winning and like I'm I'm winning under yeah. capital and like I got money I'm proving it like you don't get no bitches nigga you don't get no bitches bro you need to get your money up and get some bitches yeah that's, yeah yeah that like talk, <laughs> it's toxic masculinity that's yeah, what it is yeah. that like there is a real thing with that whereas income inequality grows these rich fucks are just able to take advantage of way 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 more women and they'll put up with way 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 much more shit because of the the economic desperate situations they're in. And fucking, yeah, it's almost like this new prima nocta where, like, the rich fucks just, like, fuck everything in sight. And and listen, broke dudes get pussy all the time. Yeah, you know, that's the way of the world. Um, yeah. But you get what, like, kind of what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So to throw a bone to the incels, I think they're perceiving, like, a real trend. It, but it's not a Chad fucking virgin thing. Yeah, no. It, it's it, a class it, thing. Yeah. In, in a way. In a way. In a way. But would you... So I, maybe I feel like some people would argue, be like, oh, yeah, you're, you're just saying all women look for is money and all women look for is the the fucking, you know, the the rich. I mean... I don't think all women are yeah. like that. Um, but that may, what would you say to that? I would say I don't think all women are like that. And I think the people who think that, that all women are like that think that because... They think women are like that, so they do shit to attract those kind of women and then yeah. prove their own point about women being that way. Because there are those kind that's there's every type of every person. So then they just prove their own point. It's like this vicious cycle where like dudes think women are money grubbing whores, which like is yeah, not but the I case. I can't get a woman unless I be this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's like a vicious cycle yeah, and it's yeah. definitely not true. Like there are people out there that, you know, still haven't been entirely corrupted by the system. Uh, you know, and. I don't know. It's and, and and my other take is like, I guess it's just I, I don't know. And I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to word throw it because I do think, and I think my real thing is like, women, minorities, disabled people will always be exploited in an exploitive system. You have to end exploitation to end that. Like you can't and 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 all that. Mural shit, sexual assault benefit shit, this, that, and the third shit is all a way of virtue signaling to unload some of the guilt from a lifestyle entirely based around the consumption at the cost of others. And most of these people live in cities where they see the fucking inequality that their lifestyle creates and they need a way to get rid of that guilt. Yeah. And I think and I think all this virtue signaling nonsense which then just creates a culture war backlash that the big brain politicians are able to use to that as oh we have to straddle the fence of doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole other problem. 
But fucking, they, they do it just as a way to get uh, get rid of some of their guilt and not actually change anything. And fucking, you have to change. We gotta dismantle these fucking power structures. I don't feel comfortable with, with, with the women I graduated college with being one-on-one in an office with a dude worth a thousand times their a ten thousand times a hundred thousand times mm-hmm. their net worth yeah that that's that's about that's kind of sick scary yeah that's isn't that kind of crazy yeah and yeah. and 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 you know what's even and you know what's even crazier in so many states cops are able to claim that someone in their custody consented to sex which isn't true and i think most people would agree that that should not be the case right like it's not consensual what? sex if you, someone has the power to arrest you. Yeah, and you're handcuffed behind your yeah. back and like, you know. Yeah. yeah. But hold on a second. Let's extend that a bit further. How the fuck is it consensual sex if you're superior at your fucking million billion dollar corporation fucking has sex? How is that consent? If the power dynamic and imbalance It's there, not, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's cause fucking not. like cuz I know I I know the it, the feelings there if you could like you know retaliation against you if you don't do anything yeah say impersonal things those things are very real you know and people are very vindictive yep because they don't the the one time that they they've gotten this position and they're not getting what they want Mm -hmm. they could just be like all right yeah bye bye you know you no longer have a job you know i think about billy butcher a lot from the boys have you watched the boys on amazon prime Uh, i'm not his backstory in the show He's this real prick who just wants to kill the superheroes. Mm. And his backstory in the show is that he had a wife who worked for this fucking, like, you know, PR and social media for the superheroes. Gets invited to go hang out with the big superhero one day. He for he forces himself on her. She doesn't necessarily reject, but it's not exactly consensual. Yeah. She's so embarrassed about it, she won't tell him. And then she dis- goes she disappears. And way later he finds out what happened. And then he's like on a vendetta to like kill the superheroes and shit. And I rewatched that show recently. And on the very first episode, they actually deal with this. Um, there's a new superhero joining the group, the Seven, and it's like their version of the Avengers. Yeah. And the the new she's like a small town girl. Shit, she's like a southern girl, like like the girls we grew up with. Yeah. And uh, and in the big city, like in the boardroom, and her whole life she's worked for this moment. Her family's so proud of her. This, that, and the third. And this dude whips out his cock and it's like, blow me. Or I'm going to say that you fucking, you're a crazy bitch and you fought me and you try to blow me. And I, blah, blah, blah. and so she blows him. And the next scene, she's retching in the bathroom. Um, and eventually there's kind of this superpower empowerment story where the female superheroes rebel against this exploitive system. And it's so much better than the cringy moments in, like, the Marvel and DC movies where, like, the female superhero does something or the female superheroes all stand together. And it just, like, it feels corny. It feels like virtue signaling. It feels gross. And it is because it's these corporations that love the power structures that those women are subject to that make these movies. Yeah. But the boys has this unique plot to it where, like, <clears throat> the, 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 the female empowerment uh, fucking storyline lands – it's powerful. It's one of the best moments of the show when there's this point, and people who've seen it will know what I'm talking about, late, later in the show, where the females really rise up together and, and really knock the shit out of this one person. And there's this fuck yeah moment to it that you didn't get like when all the female superheroes stood together in Avengers Endgame. Because mm-hmm. it, it really dealt with 
let's go after these power structures that we're subject to that are yeah. fucked up. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like any like Marxist intersectional, whatever the fuck analysis you have is fucking broken. If you're like bending over backwards to not seem sex negative and, and allowing just like, and being cool, with just rampant sexual exploitation all around you. Yeah. And like, it's not, I don't, I don't think it should be sex negative to be fucking disgusted and repulsed by this, the healthy amount. Like, yeah, yeah. No, um, 100%. yeah, have fucking sex, do sex work. The, the way late capitalism and, and people's desperate need for security is pushing them into situations they wouldn't otherwise be in mm-hmm. makes me sick to my fucking stomach. Mm-hmm. And it should make anyone sick to their fucking stomach. And if it doesn't, you've got the fucking problem, like, quite frankly. Yeah, no, it's like, I don't know. I think the, the pandemic really spark like the only fans trend like everybody just like I, getting on only fans and, yeah. and having an only fans like i remember just seeing like an influx of them like in that first like six yep. months of it but it's just like i don't know it feels weird because you you know a corporation is setting up all this stuff sure like a, that's a huge I, part of it is i don't so know. they're getting their cut they're getting their cut of it and um then, i don't know and it just it's feels just like it, it, so many people are just at this point where they'll do whatever for money mm-hmm. um and 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 i think what disturbs me about it is that it's being packaged as empowering and i think it can be sex work is really empowering and i, I want to have one of my friends on um who's a sex worker and she can come on anonymously we'll work out doing like a voice changer or some shit but she should come on and talk to us because she has some really good thoughts about this where she talks about how like on a personal level it's been empowering for her but she sees other girls that are getting into it or, like, the younger strippers at the strip club she works in that have kind of been swept up in this, like, culture of it that's been sold that, like, didn't exist even a couple years ago when she got into it. Mm-hmm. And she feels like this real uh, – you know, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of butcher what her way of putting it, which, like, is, is, is really brilliant. I want to have her on. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, – because there is a deeper conversation that we should have about all this. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's – uh, it's a, just a complex thing. Um, it's a complex thing. Um, but I, I think it is empowering. And I do think like in a, in a Marxist world, in a socialist world, you would still have people that want to perform that form that role in the society and that do want to ha- do that empowering thing. And like it's because it's empowering to them. I think what you're seeing now is people who maybe it's not necessarily empowering to kind of being forced into it. Yeah. Um, or, or people who it could be empowering to. Being forced into non-empowering situations out of economic desperation. Yeah. And if they had a little bit more of a foothold and were a little less economically mm-hmm. desperate, they could have more of a say and set more of their own terms, and it could be a less exploitative situation. But it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, uh, and that has a lot to do with laws and the criminalization of sex work. That's a huge part of it, too. Yeah. But a lot of it is late capitalism and things like the pandemic that are accelerating it that then create these economic desperate situations. Yeah, and I think I think it's totally fair to analyze. And yeah, so to give the incels any bone, you guys are on to something. You're not right. And also, please be nice to women. The, the, that you being pricks is probably why you don't get laid, and it's only mm-hmm. reinforcing your beliefs. But uh, if you guys are right about anything, it is that there is kind of this thing where I do think, and you look at it, like people are not having sex. If you look at the numbers, people are not having sex. People are more alone than ever. There are more people that are not in relationships, this, that, especially young people. Mm. But yet the culture, and if you look around you, feels like we're hypersexual, more sexual than ever. People are fucking more than ever. And I have to think maybe it's just less people doing the fucking. 
Yeah. And maybe there's more people walking around feeling like losers Mm -hmm. and only a handful left feeling like winners. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the Chad version thing that these incels get all caught up about is the fact that they're just less and less people being rewarded by the system. So then that are able to walk around and be like, yeah, I'm a fucking winner. Because guess what? More and more people every day are getting fucked. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and And it's hard to then walk around with your chest puffed out like, yeah, everyone's my bitch. Because and what's even funnier though, go to the fucking wealthiest city you can reach with your car, go to the nicest bar, and meet the biggest prick with his chest puffed out, alpha male dickhead, and he is a fucking boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, at the end of the day, I'm just fucking blowing smoke. Yeah, but fucking yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, dude, man, it's it's a uh, it's very odd. That entire this entire entrepreneurship culture, Ugh. And, and like just the, the I don't know I feel like that ties into it too. It does uh, a whole bunch because the know. entrepreneurship culture creates these motherfuckers that are like, I can't get pussy until I have six figures. Yeah, and it's like, and like we were talking about earlier, then you're just gonna like do things that would and go to places where that's gonna be the case, and you're gonna meet people that are into that. And then it's just going to reinforce your shitty, fucking alienating, atomizing belief about people, which is so fucked. But I think so many people are on that shit. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Because I think in, in most cases, that fucking, that real job is not cutting it most of the time, you know? Yeah. Or, like, everybody feels like they have to have a side hustle yeah. of some sort. That's like Because most people thing. fucking do if they want to have any kind of like disposable income. Or yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So, like, it, it's, it's just the, those guys just, you know. It's and it's the, it, it, honestly, that's the same phenomenon of the sex work thing for the opposite sex. It's like. I've seen so many dudes over quarantine get uh, so much worse mm. about this shit and become so much. And that's, you know, I am pro trying to fuck the hedge funds, sure. But that Wall Street's bets trend and craze and all the people that are sinking their money and losing it. And there's like, it feels like this last, like, it feels just desperate. It feels desperate. The OnlyFans spike, it feels fucking dead. All the entrepreneur culture shit, it feels dead. It just feels yeah, like people are just fucking desperate. Buying into, you know, Dogecoin. At yeah. At like 70 cents. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah fucking like, wild. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. <clears throat> it's just, uh, it's just very odd to me. I don't know. People just don't want to live anymore. People just like, or well, I you can't live. Just, you kind of uh, can't. Yeah. They've taken away living. Yeah. You have to pay. It's pay to play now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, you know, and, 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 you know, I got lucky with money, you know, so I've been able to kind of emancipate myself from a lot of this shit. I'm back working a normal job again, um, which is a new experience. You know, I was kind of just able to, but you got a cool normal job. I got a cool normal job, yeah, but yeah. I'm, but it's a nine to fiver and I'm making less than 20 bucks an hour. You know, I'm making, I don't know what I'm making exactly yet. I have to figure that out, but you know, I'm not like, I'm not like, it's not some corporate gig. Balling, balling. Yeah, exactly. I'm back on the, on the grind. And uh, if I didn't have, like, some money saved up to supplement my lifestyle, I couldn't fucking get podcast studio equipment. I couldn't do fun things. I couldn't go out for mm-hmm. drinks. I couldn't fucking do this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. I'd be literally, I'd be trapped. And on top of that, I probably wouldn't be able to make things work with my girl. Mm-hmm. I, like, quite frankly, it takes money to move to a place. Yes. To oh, fucking. No. It's thousands of dollars. Yeah, to, to move, move any. Not even to move to a place. Like, if, you were, if I were to move across town. 
right now it would be a fuck ton of money yeah to even because you got to do the deposit yep you got to do fucking move if you have a bunch Moving. of fucking shit you either do it yourself truck. with a u-haul and a truck or you pay people to fucking do it which that's so fucking expensive yeah that's so nice. like you know it, it, it's so fucking much yeah. yeah yeah no it's 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 an insane call co- and, and so no wonder young people that are our age that don't have the special circumstances i have are able to just fucking like are are just lonely and alone and living in their parents' basement and unable to find a relationship or significant other. Like, no fucking wonder. And 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 all this fucking uh like I'm not anti sexual liberation. I don't want to seem sex negative. But it almost feels like this corporate push of like, yeah, hot girl fucking some yeah, fuck everybody. And especially if he has money. Mm-hmm. It feels like yeah. white guys in suits in a boardroom came up with it. Like, <laughs> like you know, you know what I'm fucking saying? Yeah, like yeah. it really does. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just a think tank and just do yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones writing the tweets like, don't fuck a dude if he doesn't have a bed frame. Yeah. <laughs> No, those, you remember those memes that you were around like two, three years ago? Just be a dude in a suit and it cut off at his like neckline, and then it just had this inspirational quote being like, You only work as hard as the next person next to you. The those next are still person, around. maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, but like, you know, when they first yeah. came out, when they're fucking de- almost deep fried in a filter. Yeah. Too, yeah. Just like 80,000 likes. <laughs> so, literally, bro. Yeah. Fucking. Ugh. It's 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 maddening, <laughs> and and I really just like I don't know, and 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 I, it just gets me fucking, it gets me kind of tight, bro, and it feels also, maybe it's not reinstituting prima nocta, but it also just feels kind of like this uh, cultural eugenics. I'm high, but like it, it, but you know what I'm saying. It feels yeah. like you have just this like the dominant. You have to be such a piece of shit <laughs> to like. Like, I got lucky with cryptocurrency. I, I, anyone listening to this, don't invest in cryptocurrency. It's not, like, you're not going to get lucky. I won at the casino. I'm a dickhead. Like, yeah. it doesn't work. So, like, don't lose your fucking money. But unless you're in, like, especially special circumstances, you have completely sold out just to graduate college. No offense. You've broken your mm-hmm. brain to be able to, like, be a worker bee, to comp- accomplish yes. these tasks that are meaningless, this, that, and the third, and, and respect superiors that shouldn't even be your fucking superiors. And, like, uh, 100%. You yeah. are right. Like, yeah. college is a fucking 360 deal. Yeah. It's no three- cap. <laughs> like, really? Like, I'm not, I'm not joking when I say that. Like, yeah. I, every, every other day when I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking about, like, my student debt, like, mm-hmm. the little bit that I still have left, I paid a lot of it down. But I think about that and I'm like, God damn, man, I, I almost wish I didn't do this shit at all. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm I'm grateful for the experience it gave me. But yeah. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could I could have used that same money. And yeah. And been doing this this music shit for a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, and be so much farther along with that same money. You know what I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, bro, but, 100%. It's a fucking, it is... On every level, from the financial aspect of it to the social aspect of it to the education aspect of it, it's all a fucking three sixty. Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking scam. It's three sixty deal. That's a great mm-hmm. way to put it. Um, and and yeah, it's just and I, yeah, I think just the mental thing too, just about like doing shit that's meaningless in a job and like things you're just not even interested in yeah. whatsoever. And it's like you know, you just it's don't entirely even a test of obedience, mm-hmm. and it's a practice in I think manufacturing loss. Hear me out here. 
you there needs to be losers for there to be winners. Mm-hmm. So let's create a bullshit game that some people win and some people lose at. Because if it was truly about education and learning the things and being able to talk to these issues, mm-hmm. most people could bullshit their way to the degree. It doesn't take much. Oh no! It, it, and and, yeah, and I even myself, like my if way. I like wanted to graduate, mm-hmm. I could have. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to break my brain. I didn't want to do all all that. Mm-hmm. Fucking if you want to like, and when I say all that, I'm saying kind of want to talk about earlier, like. You know, the the actual challenge of an education isn't in the work or the enrichment or the knowledge. It's in paying the money, mm-hmm. keeping up with the social stuff, meeting all the mores, yeah. going to the classes, doing all the meaningless tasks. Mm-hmm. And it entirely becomes a test of obedience. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is just an obedience test. And often in college towns, there are a lot of better options of things to be doing than going to fucking class. Yeah. And so it entirely becomes... A way of then the people who graduate and get these jobs and get paid salaries that, you know, would be unthinkable for someone without a degree, it's a justification for that inequality. Mm-hmm. Well, I worked and I did the thing and those people didn't. And and in that obviously when it comes to race and economics and class and disabilities is a way of pushing some people down, letting some people bubble up mm-hmm. and then justifying it as if it's a meritocracy, as if there's some merit involved in the college system. But I think as most people, you know, uh, familiar with the college system know, not a whole lot of merit to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. And Cause, so. Because it's like you can get out and then like not not find a job whatsoever based on your degree. Or well, like, that's true too. Know? Yeah. A lot of people like, just. And, that, and, you that's, could, and you could be in college doing what you want to do. But you know you know what I mean? It's yeah. like once you get out in the real world, it's, it's yeah. a lot different. It's a lot of experience is what's needed. And like, you know, you, you get right out and they're like, oh, yeah, it's an entry level job. Um, we need you to have two to five years of experience at least on mm-hmm. some shit. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's all that, bro. It is. I'm high as fuck. No, hell yeah, bro. Um, we ate we ate barbecue infused or no? Oh, I'm sorry. Weed chicken. We ate weed infused we barbecue ate weed chicken. chicken. <laughs> yeah, we ate weed chicken and we've been smoking cookies. So excuse us. And it, we're really heady on it. We're talking about some. I feel like I'm being mad insult on this episode. It's coming. Yeah. It's definitely coming off bad. But yeah. fuck it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. Uh... I, I think I've. I think you're making some valid points. Like the the sentiment that it's coming from, I get. Yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. I think some people might not grasp that just because they just don't want to hear it. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. And like, you know, what I found really illuminating is you know how sometimes cops will do some like wild shit, like you know, like just earlier this week, flip a pregnant lady's car over because she didn't stop fast enough when <laughs> when yeah. she was pulled over, mm-hmm. like. You know, they do shit like that, and then people go, oh, well, they were just doing their job. And, like, a lot of times the defense, even from liberal women of Joe Biden, when it comes to Me Too accusations of sexual assault, has been like, that's the workplace, babe. That's the game. You know? That's Mm -hmm. the game. That's the, you know, you play the game to win. And it's like, A, I'm, like, retching right now. It's so disgusting to think that that's people's mindset. But that really is... You gotta suck some dick to play. I don't know. But people say this. That's fucking gross. People say this. People say... Yeah, you play the game. And and, and it's, like, the same thing to me, where it's, like, people have almost entirely internalized, like, yep, that's how it goes. Like, yep, the cop's just doing his job, and, yeah, sexual assault... That's part of it, you know. That's why you. That's why you work so. Come on, that's what it. are the incentives going to be to be Elon Musk if you can't diddle women? Like that's how motherfuckers think. Jesus Christ! 
I really don't think that's far off, though, because I've seen liberal women's defense of Joe Biden be like, I was in the workplace in the 90s and we all put up with stuff. And that was just the way the work. And it's like, what? Oh like, God. maybe you did. Tell your story. Go, go to therapy. Go, go to get, yeah. get out your trauma. Like, yeah. You no, have like, deep yeah. trauma. You yeah. No, to, like, you, you need to talk to somebody. Yeah, no, like, please you get help. You about it. Please. Yeah. Like, 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 that's not OK whatsoever. And you know what? That's a really funny thing is so many people, I think, are just so traumatized and so it's like fucking Stockholm syndrome, the country. Like it really is just like people are traumatized. Yeah. And that's what makes me think now we're getting really getting into the weeds that the FBI and the CIA and whoever the fuck, the deep state, Alan Dulles's fucking AI uploaded to a fucking cloud, whatever the fuck is running the show. Yeah. Keeps creating these traumas. Like, they got their fingerprints all over January 6th, fucking every fucking mass shooting. You hear about the fucking FBI agent who got arrested running away from a mass shooting by cops and they turned him in? Cops found an FBI agent running away from a mass shooting and turned him in. Turns out he was speaking to the mass shooter. He was the last person the mass shooter spoke to before shooting up the place was this FBI agent. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. is fucking right. What fucking shooting was this? Well, I don't even fucking remember. And this isn't the only time the FBI has been all over a mass shooting. Oh, my God. Like, it's in terms of solving it. Is that what you mean by all over it? No, in terms of, like, knew about the guy, had interviews oh, with oh, him. Oh, you're saying there's, like, documented evidence. Yeah, like, multiple like, mass shootings. Yeah. Like, the guy had been interviewed by the FBI multiple times. How's that? Like, why do they, like, spend so much time doing that shit? Instead of like, well, my take is kind of maybe they're crime. doing the fucking mass. I feel like they're reinforcing these traumas all over, keeping everyone fucking terrified, and that's kind of the goal. And that's how they're going to push gun controls: trauma. They're going to traumatize people over and over again. Dead kids on TV and traumatize, traumatize, traumatize until people are like, "Yeah, give it up." And what really blows me about it is cops are responsible for most of the gun violence, like by far. And what the liberals and and what's so fucking crazy to me is. And this is what what blows me about conservatives and liberals. Conservatives should realize that their support of the police, like liberals support the police state. Mm -hmm. Liberals want to disarm everyone but the police state and continue not disarm the police state, but have them and then they have ultimate power. That's the goal here. And maybe the liberals that are working in the think tanks and the NGOs and the super PACs, the little dickheads with their $17 cocktails that I rub shoulder with, maybe they don't realize that. But the people up top, that's the strategy. Traumatize, take the guns away, only cops have them left. And then, what the fuck can anyone do about anything? Then we're really enslaved. And that and, and that's really the end of it, I feel like. And 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 trauma, it's not just it's not just the school shootings. It's not just the school shootings. It's fucking even 9-11 to an extent. They all knew about it. They didn't stop it. And they used that trauma yeah. to, to enact one of the greatest evils ever done in mankind's history. It seems like January 6th is almost a repeat of that. Like, it feels like the way that they, I, I feel like they continue and continue to talk about it. Even now, like, there's, like, every once in a while I'll see this dramatic thing where it's, like, June 6th and there'll just be screenshots of the fucking, the, the riot, right? Yeah. And it'll just be them, like, trying to break in and shit. Yeah. And it's just, like, yo, we saw this. We got all of this in two weeks. We had two straight weeks of this. We all know about it. Why are we continuing to see this shit over and over again, unless it's like to traumatize people and just be like, "Oh yeah, these Republicans—they're <laughs> they're the fucking crazy ones." Or like, still keep the divide up of like Trump was the person that's like we need to. Those are the type of people we need to go after. The people who are overtly racist. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And focus on this non 
like classes thing and more focus on like I don't know figureheads that do just like horrible. I, I don't know. No, you're spot the fuck. You on. know what I mean? Yes. I, I don't know exactly. You're nailing it all. It right, you're nailing like, it all. Because there's a couple different things you addressed. A, yeah, they're trying to traumatize us with it. Mm. They're replaying the footage over and fucking over again, mm. like they did with the worst footage they could get of the riots this summer. Riots yeah. in quotation marks. Mm. The police riots. Fucking oh, this is great. Police started a riot in Baltimore. Police chief steals two bags of fucking narcotics from a pharmacy, sells it to a drug dealer. DEA catches him. Uh, so that happened recently. That came out. Um, so the Jeez. cops are rioting and looting too. Um, and 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 we knew that from weekend one. Remember all the photos of the NYPD cops with like running out of Foot Locker with Jordans. Yeah, yeah. fucking like yeah. Or, or just even breaking fucking windows of the place. Or remember shit. the NYPD drilling into the 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 steel fucking plating in front of a jewelry store. <laughs> Do you remember this? No. They had a fucking. They were like four cops in a drill going. <laughs> like, like fucking. Like it was just yeah, fucking like daytime fucking, construction. Yeah, like, like, yeah, bro. Like, wh- like I'm not gonna. Like, like, and this is just a fucking video of this shit. Like you can just there's proof. Like, <laughs> and and then the the fucking. I wonder if like these like conservatives even see these like videos. No, of like they don't. They see well, exactly what we're talking about: the, the replaying of the worst footage, mm-hmm. just like they did with nine eleven. The the towers falling, towers falling, towers falling over and over again on the news, doing the same thing with January sixth, and that's why. It's so funny. The head asses like Brooklyn Dad Define, who we've discussed on many episodes of the show, who tweeted. This is like 9-11 again, or this is worse than 9-11. They were kind of right, because the way the media was reacting to it was 9-11 level panic. Mm-hmm. 9-11 level level, this is the end of this attack on this nation in the sanctity of our... Blah, 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 blah. Like, that That was like 100%. It, it was 9-11 level rhetoric. It was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe, maybe it's politically savvy to realize that and, and then say it. Uh, maybe you'd actually do have your fingers on the MSNBC polls there. Um, and yeah, I just, it's fucking, you know, and we have this traumatized populace, mm-hmm. people who are violently having resources just sapped out of their communities. Really? I mean, that's the, my thing, my best way to look, people are vi- violently coerced into fear, um, and are being stripped away of any economic chance in this world by these huge interests. And I mean, it, it, it goes back to literally what we're talking about, how you have this mass amount of laid off young people it, without human relationships that aren't fucking. And it's a real thing. Look at the stat. Like, they're, they're like the young people are not fucking. They're in their parents' houses. They've got no money, no resources, nowhere to go, nothing to do unless they learn how to fucking code and take Adderall for 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And like and, – and, and, you know, we've, we have friends who have talked to me about like, yeah, man, well, you know, but I love my job and, like, la, la, and, and who are lucky enough to be in, like, a creative field or doing this, that, and the third. Mm. Most people, like, those jobs really don't exist unless you jump through such an amount of hoops that most people are gate-kept from. And so, really, mo- what most people are trapped in is this economic, de- the desperate situation. And I think what's most concerning is that there's this deep embrace that nothing can be done about it. Nothing, And, and there's really... And and I think that ha- that comes from trauma. People are too traumatized to think that they could stand up for themselves. Yeah, I, and I really think that's at the core of it. And that's it, well, it's, it's tough when you're staring down the barrel of a whole fucking police state. Like you saw what they came out with yeah. in in the during the summer, and yeah. even still now, like yeah. you know they come out in full fucking mili- yeah. military gear, it, it, and it, then behind that they'll call in the fucking national guard. Yeah. And I can only imagine if shit gets like really real, yeah, like real real, yeah. 
And we haven't, you know, and and not to downplay the fact that there haven't been hundreds of mini Tiananmen squares across the country, you know, Mm -hmm. over the past year, and there have. I mean, first weekend, MIPD was rolling over protesters in their cars. I mean, we we learned about Tiananmen Square in school. How we learned about every single one of the protests where the police overreacted. Mm -hmm. How about that? We're not gonna. But what's interesting is you look at it and the cops um, very much represent this... I don't even know what to say about it. It, it, it. Fascist almost feels like it's not doing it justice. It's this deep. We've talked about the projection of power a whole bunch, mm-hmm. but it literally, I think it's this purposeful traumatizing and this pushback. And I mean, you see it. That fir- for first protest I went to was like 15,000 people. And then the cops came out heavy, hundreds of them in the stormtrooper gear, uh, you know, shooting mm-hmm. fucking grenade launchers right at people. Like then it wasn't as many people. People got scared. People went home. People are traumatized. People are traumatized of what will happen to them, how they're fuck over their lives. And I think people are so caught up in what we talked about earlier this episode, the definitions of responsible. Mm-hmm. What's responsible? I got to be responsible to my family, whether that be my wife and kids, my girlfriend, my family, whatever it is for you. Mm-hmm. People feel this intense responsibility to the people, individuals directly around them who would be threatened by any resistance to the police state. And it's true. You would be putting the people around you in danger and your life in danger. And and by you going to jail, by you fucking up, you're going to endanger the lives around you. That's how it goes. But counterbalancing that with the responsibility that we isn't talked about, that we all owe to each other and to the continuation of the human race and to the continuation of being able to live and exist in public spaces, you know, that is something that we don't even really have language for. It, it isn't what we talk about when we talk about growing up and being responsible. That's not the kind of responsibility we talk about taking on. That's not the kind of maturing and realization of reality that we talk about when we talk about this. And you know what's childish? You know what's not growing up? Being so fucking terrified that you don't do anything. Yeah. Hiding in your bed is arguably worse. Yeah. Right? I think so. I think so. And um, I just know this. I'm ready. And I think a lot of people are yeah. ready to stand up. And and I just, I, I don't know what the line's going to be. Because like we just talked about, and here's what's so interesting. I think maybe, and maybe we haven't discussed on the show, but the media almost sets the line. Like last summer when 15,000 people showed up and when the protests erupted, erupted, it was because the media under Trump going into an election year, wanting to stir shit, you know, after a whole bunch of race things like Ahmaud Aubrey and things that happened leading up into it, decided, all right, George Floyd, this is the last drop. We're going to really report on it. We're going to report on it honestly. We're going to be like anti-police. The first time the media took that narrative, everyone took it as a cue to be like, woo, it's happening. Woo-hoo. Quickly, the narrative changed. Things tampered down. But it almost feels like we're waiting for the media to say it's okay. For the media to say it's outrageous. They never will. The powers that be in institutions never will. They'll never get fed up. There's nothing for them to be fed up with. The closest we got was during COVID when everyone was struggling and everyone got hit. And they still didn't want to rise up against the exploitative system. Was it because they weren't as affected and they were getting their DoorDash and Uber Eats and fucking working from home? Sure. Mm -hmm. But they were affected by it and it still wasn't enough. And this is, I think, the best we're going to see as far as the professional class actually facing repercussions for the decline of society. Mm-hmm. They're going to be kept insulated because they're the ones that have to tell that that give the cue to everyone else of what they should think. 
And that's why I think it's so vital for us and independent media to take the responsibility of being the level of outrage that people should be. Yeah, and you got to be as radical as reality. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's the famous Lenin quote that I think mm-hmm. is only gets more true as the days go on. And uh, and yeah, I just I don't understand how people just aren't at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it's like a lot of just traumatization and everything, and like they just don't want to give up the bag for themselves, and people don't want to fumble that. But like, at what point would where where does it break? You know, where, where does the give? Yeah. What is what does it take if not George Floyd? Then what what next horrible thing has to happen? Yeah, in order for people to get extremely angry like that was, or at least that level of energy that was there mm-hmm. last summer. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what we're tiptoeing around is kind of an answer to this, which is that I think people's response to this trauma of life under this, and and the many traumas of life, whether it's fucking police violence, fucking. You know, your car getting repossessed, getting evicted from your home, getting not making the grades you need to get a certain job, failing a job interview, failing a drug test, fucking uh, losing a family member to COVID, losing a job, working an exploitive job, being sexually abused at your job. All of these cascading things. I don't even know where I was going with it. I got lost in all the fucked up. Th- oh, I was answering your question. Yeah. I'm fucking. <laughs> all these fucking trauma. All these traumas. And in, in this trauma, like, I got a buddy. His girlfriend cheated on him with someone richer than him. And now he's like, I got to make six figures before I can fuck. And like, and, 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 and I think people's response to police violence and seeing someone get railroaded by the system is, I got to make enough money to get a lawyer and protect myself. Mm-hmm. I got to not get involved and I got to be smarter than that and I got to watch out for myself. Mm. I got to, you know, and like people's response to seeing all those traumas I just listed of people being exploited, their response is not, how do I end exploitation? Because that seems impossible. And that actually seems like you might put yourself in more of a position to be exploited by trying to, which is true. But what they view is, how can I become the exploiter? And I think over the past year and a half, is a lot of people realizing how bad it is and then being, all right, how am I going to get ahead and be the exploitive one? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, and that's not just a white thing or a, a, a elite thing. You know, I see it. Um, I sent you a post earlier today from a local Carolina hip hop reporting group that had, a, it was Floyd Mayweather, like telling a reporter to sit down in a certain row. Yeah. And it was like, hell yeah, we're the slave masters now. Yeah, we were telling those white people what to do. We got the money. We (laughs) white people, niggas got money too. Is basically what that was. But uh, but not even that because that's fine. Yeah, I like that. But the the cat no, but like the sentiment behind it, like that. Yeah, like and all the hashtags that were behind it too. I didn't even read the hashtags. Yeah, it was like some like stay. I think stay woke was in there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. stay woke. Yeah, like what you want to be a plantation master. Stay woke. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking. Be, yeah. Be ultra rich and be a capitalist. Yeah. yeah. And no, I think, I think what woke has become, and we can talk, we've talked, you know, woke's become a million different things. So maybe that's not even the right word to use. But what has become liberatory for people that don't want to embrace some harsh realities is unlearning all the lies they were told in school, of course, unlearning all the lies their parents told them about hard work because they're clearly being exposed as false in front of their eyes. Hmm. But then embracing kind of this capitalist dogma 
of that's why I got to outsmart the system and get myself ahead. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And in many ways, it's almost this criminal mindset. And I'm someone who's very pro-criminal. I've I've often said that a nation of law-abiding citizens is more dangerous than a nation of criminals. Mm. But it's almost this criminal mindset of like, I'm going to get mine any way possible because I know the system's fucked and it's going to fuck me over at any minute. Mm. And it almost goes into this theory I have about us living in the stage of cataclysm. It's kind of the stage of criminality. Our leaders are criminals. Our rulers are criminals. We all know the people at the top are crime, coming to crime and doing whatever they mm-hmm. can to fuck people over. And so I think there's almost this embrace of like, I'm going to do everything I can to be an exploiter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that's how I'm going to liberate myself. Because that there at least is a path to liberation for you and yourself. Mm-hmm. And you could go get your compound and you could do what I did for a little while and remove yourself from the, from the evils of the world and look away. Mm-hmm. As I said, that's not helpful. and doesn't really do anything. Um, didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I think, but I think that's a lot of people's impulse right now. It's like I'm going to get land and I'm going to leave. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, that's my impulse. No, it's. I think it's everyone's 100%. impulse. Or I'm going to. Or if you have enough money, I'm going to leave the country. I'm going to expat. I'm going to. How do I get out? How do I either myself escape exploitation or become an exploiter? Or how do I escape exploitation and I'm not going to feel so bad about being an exploiter in the meantime to do so? And it's really this kind of rats getting off the Titanic vibe I'm getting from people that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's yeah. exactly what we talked about even with the desperation of the entrepreneur culture and the OnlyFans shit. Everyone feels like they're scrambling. And it's like we're scrambling in the wrong direction where we're just eating each other more alive, further reinforcing the traumas that keep us down this path. And uh, I say it a lot, but now is that we got to – Now's the time to turn the ship around. We got like, mm-hmm. like we got like to turn. We're the- almost at the waterfall, yeah. and then it's just like we could we could definitely make that that three point turn. Real yeah, quick we need to hit get the, the, the three pointer. Yeah, we need to hit a quick three point turn and, and get back in the right direction and start moving in the right direction. No, hundred percent, and just even like a more loving direction. Um, yeah, I because I, I, it's so hateful. It's so hateful. It's so yeah. hateful. And I think you, you have to be hateful. There's a level of hatefulness to the everyday kindness of uh, affluent liberal. Because you, yourself, in your own spite and self-importance and narcissism, think that you deserve the things that you've been handed. I've worked hard for them, and other people don't. And, like, not that everyone thinks like that, but I think a lot of people do because you need to to justify the hard work you put in every day. And I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad that I don't see myself ever falling into that trap. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely existing in this weird space right now where I'm just kind of, I feel like an observer. You know, I'm like not, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm hoping in my move, as I get a little more settled, I'll meet some people that make me feel less like an observer. And I already have. I've really felt like um, even in the industry I'm working in, it's, uh, I feel kind of like, you know, there's people that, aren't on that tip um because even in the underground in the underworld like in the hip-hop scene let's say that we both exist in Mm -hmm. what used to kind of be this vibe of like we're anti-authoritarian all the way through we're resisting all these urges we're you know we're really building something of our own it's entirely morphed over the past half decade into like this grind culture thing you know not that that wasn't always present in the culture but it was just like I don't know, fucking, and, and and you know what? It's funny. The death of Lil Peep feels like a, a moment to me. He had this Marxist professor 
grandfather and his music really talked about pain and struggle in like a real genuine way. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of got replaced by the big labels with like Juice World, you know? Yeah. Who was kind of just this more like almost materialistic consumption based version of Lil Peep, you know? Um, That's that. (laughs) People go get mad at you for that one. Are they? I think so. Because people really like Juice World. People really like Juice, but people, people really like Lil Peep too. I mean, yeah, people, but like you know, the the Juice cult following was a lot bigger. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it was almost because I feel like they saw the success of the Peep scene that grew totally organically. I mean, he was like homeless for a long time, recording studio, like you know, studios worse than ours. You know, yeah. a lot of his recordings are pretty rough. Um, and he made such a big impact on the music industry. And then you almost had not that Juice World's like a studio plant. But, like, I've heard shit that his real age was, like, a decade older than they said. Like, he wasn't really as young as he really? was portrayed. Yeah. No, he was in many ways this kind of studios looking at the little peep thing and being like, all right, how do we profit off of this? You know, mm-hmm. uh, how do we market to this crowd, this growing, burgeoning movement? And then I feel like that whole subculture got kind of hijacked. I don't know. So, I don't know. In many ways, I'm, I feel homeless. I'm trying to find my subculture in my new city. Yeah. Um, and... I'm sure I will, um, but but yeah, it because because I very I feel very strongly about this kind of uh, moral failing among the professional class kind of crowd, um, mm-hmm. and and what's so funny is that moral failing is so often intertwined with like a real kind of how do you say uh, sadness or like dejectedness about the situation they're in. Like I so often get like. You get the complaints, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Johnny Cash, I think, did a song where he's like, you know, if you spend time complaining about, uh, you know, things to people who won't listen, who the fuck's going to hear? And then if you, you keep trying to tell them that the things that they're complaining about are things that they could be changing, then uh, who the fuck's going to care? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know... Uh, yeah, I think uh, all these people have the complaints. They all identify the issues. They're, no one's like thrilled with their lives or feels fully fulfilled. I think a lot of people struggle. And then what they sublimate that with is just more and more of this hedonistic consumption quest because that's all you really have time for. And then it's just this vicious. And I don't know. I just. I feel like we're tiptoeing around a real revelation on this episode. We're really talking about like the soul of the nation, this mm. one. Um and I just can't or at quite. At least the driving forces behind why yeah. everybody does what they do. Yeah, yeah. You know? I just can't quite thread the needle though, because I think to thread the needle, I need to understand how we start to fight against that. And when the when the incentive structures are so strong, it kind of almost feels impossible. It would be a flat out rejection of everything. Yeah, that's what it would have to be. Yeah. Know? In a way, but you know, I think that we are very much a long way away from that. We need to solve a lot of different problems before we can fully just be like nope we don't want to fucking do this like yeah even even having like a general strike yeah would probably be like the first best step we could yeah do. if we're talking about like doing stuff like this a general strike yeah across people you know Never. what thank you oh fuck bleep that bleep it uh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so thank you a hundred percent. Sorry about having to have you bleep that, but but yeah, thank you so much. That There's is already a couple bleeps. That is the needle that needs to be threaded. Yeah, I feel like at this point I'm like the opposite of an accelerationist. 
Uh-oh. He's running on the treadmill downstairs. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. He's running. We'll wrap up this episode shortly. Yeah. Um, the fucking audio's about to get, <laughs> about to get, about to get a little wonky. We're oh, sorry. Shit. Um, yeah. Let me finish up this point real quick. What I was going to say was I think I think you are spot on. A general strike and things of that nature are the thing that I think can move people in the right direction. And I feel like in many ways, um, if this episode is about anything, it is that we as Inside Agitator are, I think, rejecting accelerationism. Accelerationism is going to worsen these – it's going to worsen the trauma, yeah. worsen making people this way, con- further corrupt people's souls and turn them into humanoid fucks. And accelerationism, if you're an accelerationist – you are digging your own fucking grave. I, I really think that the, the answer, the way out, is exactly what you said. It's things like general strikes. It's things like more protests, more action, more things. In, and, and honestly, it has to, but, you know, the protests are great and everything, but in a lot of ways, general strikes, and, and we're seeing them start to crop up. And in many ways, this goes into the media criticism we have earlier, where you almost have to wait for the media to set it. The media is ignoring the coal miner strike that's been going on for three months, I think, in Alabama. There's all these strikes that are popping up all across See, the I country. Haven't, I haven't heard that. Yeah, and so maybe next episode we'll do like a, a talk about the gen- – there is a general strike that's forming across this nation, and those things are happening. I think as they become more prevalent, that will – and once people see the victories – and start to see, because what did we say earlier? That people go for this individualistic liberation as opposed to real liberation because they can't believe in it. We need examples. We need victories. We need things to look at to go, look, if we stand together, we can do something. Your life can improve. And not only that, you have the power to improve millions of lives, not just your own. And that is so much more powerful than anything else anyone else is selling. Mm-hmm. But we need to move in that direction. The further we move away from that direction, I think the the more impossible to see it is and the yeah, harder of a sale it is. I think as it just trains people more and more. It just, yeah. It puts people in that repetitive mindset. Humans are adaptable and they yes. are adapting in the wrong way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and it goes back into something I've said many times, which we are losing a spiritual war that we do not know we're fighting. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, the Nazis, the crazy pricks they were when they're trying to go out here, communicate with the fucking devil because they knew how evil they were. Like those motherfuckers were into the occult and shit and wanted to like do use voodoo spirits to corrupt the human soul. Those motherfuckers then got nice jobs and the cushy jobs in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So if you don't think there's a spiritual angle to all this where they're trying to move people in a soulless fucking direction and we need to push the needle backwards like the hippies, they were wrong about a whole fucking lot. And they fucked up in a million ways. But the main thing they were wrong about was not fighting the fuck back. Because they were right about the fact that love beats hate. And they're brewing hate in everybody. Trauma and hate and fear and all that shit. And the more we stand together and and have victories through things like a general strike and solidarity and love, we will actually be able to start to let show people the light and have them move in a direction that's positive, not just for themselves, but for others. Because at the end of the day, what do people want? They want a community, and they want to be unified with other humans. And they think that they need money to do that, and that if they don't, that they'll be a loser shut up from society. And you know what? As of right now, they're right. That is what's happening to a ton of people. But we can build a better world, and I firmly fucking believe that. And for the next 49 episodes till we get to 100, and then 100 more, and then 100 more, that's what we're going to be talking about and fighting for here. That's what we're going to be writing about online coming soon. We're going to have publications coming to you multiple times a week. We're going to have a newsletter, all this shit. Stay tuned for everything. But uh, really excited for what's coming up, guys. Really excited to even, now that COVID's over, maybe do some in-person events. Maybe maybe we'll do some bar shows and uh, come and meet some of the fans. So, what, would he, what would even a show from us look like? We rent a small bar. 
we have a DJ set from uh, this DJ we know. Yeah, this one guy we all know. This one guy know. we know. <laughs> and uh, and I'm sure you know his. I'm sure he'd be. I'm sure he'd be available. To do that. He might be. He yeah. might be in the building. Yeah. And uh, and so we have a little DJ set. Uh, and then I think what we could do is we'll do a clip show where we do clips of like funny shit and funny tweets that we put on the board and we just respond with the audience and we talk shit and we laugh at shit together. Yeah, yeah we fun. do like a little live show. Like a projection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. lots of fun shit coming to you soon. I also think I'm going to like, I'm going on Grateful Dead tour this summer. So if you guys want to like, if any deadheads are out there, come link up with me, DM us. But mm-hmm. fucking, I'm going to be selling t-shirts on Deadlot. I'm going to put the Palestine flag in a Grateful Dead steely and write free Palestine in fucking Arabic. So I, I, now that I'm making some T-shirts, maybe we'll do some Inside Agitator merch. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And I, we'll I do- kind of want to uh, enlist the help of uh, one of the people yeah, Doron's probably Doran, listening yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah we'll pull, Doran, we'll, he, please. He's actually reached out to us. We want to do merch, and yeah, we'll figure out a good way. We'll work with him about like same same thing. Bail funds, mutual aid. Like I don't I don't know what exactly we want to do, but we want to kick things back in the right way. Um, or or some uh, something for Palestine as well. Oh, or yeah, for or the free like, Palestine shirt that I'm going to sell on Deadlot, I think yeah. I'm going to give to. Uh, there's uh, Felix Biederman did a live stream on Twitch and gave money, mm-hmm. and then PayPal wouldn't release the funds because apparently it indirectly goes to Hamas. So I'm going to figure out whatever that charity is, and that's where our money will go, folks. Woohoo! Dude's Woo-hoo! fucking Dude's rock. rock. <laughs> 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 fucking right oh, in the hands yeah. of who needs it. Um, and fucking, so yeah, that'll be um, down the pipeline. But yeah, and, and you know what? And, and at the end of the day, what's funny is I'm talking about all these kind of what quite honestly are individualist independent media projects. And I think independent media is important, but I feel like me and my co-host here have always had a resistance to doing shit like this. Cause it's like, that almost feels like a way, anything that isn't like directly fighting the system feels like a waste of time. Like I, I feel like, Oh, we're doing merch and this and that. Blah, blah, blah. It's like what we should be doing. It's like, all right, everybody we're meeting at the Capitol tomorrow. Meet at these coordinates. Yeah. 72 negative. Things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, 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 everything else feels like bullshit, yeah. but it's what we got for now. And we're spreading the word. Um, we're doing what we can and we're going to try to put money in the, in the right people's hands um, as best we can. Um, and I think we'll open it up to the fans as to like what money goes to once we actually have money to spend. Um, we'll see if anyone even fucking, we're going to, like I said, nothing will be behind a paywall, but we're going to have whether, I don't know if we want to go on Substack cause there's a lot of anti-trans racist shit on there. I'm trying to find a better alternative. We might just be on Substack though, but regardless of what it is, we're going to have a way for people to get us money that we can then donate out and further invest in the equipment for the podcast and make it sound better eventually maybe get like a full-on soundboard um we had one at last episode 50 we didn't set it up today because it's complicated oh yeah but fucking if you guys give us money we can get a real soundboard and we don't have to set it up all crazy we can just do it every episode we'll have a soundboard that's what i'm saying um this the show would be so much better. Yeah, because <laughs> it's kind of shit. Yeah, in a little ways. Yeah, it no, a it, ways. it's a little low production. And you know what's funny? I really, um, I'm a huge fan of Crystal and Cigar um, in their show, and they just left the hill to go independent. Um, and, nice. and and a lot of what they've been saying about the importance of independent media has really spoken to me and given me a, a fire about like inside agitators important. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that even with us not really trying up until this point, the first 50 episodes that we've built such a following internationally too, like we still shout out to our French and Irish fans. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Um, 
Yeah, like, and I haven't even checked that in a while. Like, we might have more, like, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't even looked at the country thing in a minute. But, like, yeah, yeah it's fucking, it's awesome. And, like, mm-hmm. I want to continue to grow this and, uh, and yeah, share this perspective. Because, and, and, and you know, I, we also want to hear from you guys. I love when people DM me with, like, so often when you guys DM us, you teach me something that we didn't know that's so fucking cool. So, like, mm-hmm. DM us, have conversations with us. We love it. We're normal dudes. Yeah, 100%. Like, literally, we're just out, out here trying to follow our moral compass yep. on what we feel is right. You yep. Know? Yeah. And, and we're that, just, and that, and that is what, well, at least I want is a better world for everybody Yeah, out here. Cause the system is fucking brutalizing everybody <laughs> at, at an, an alarming rate. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it, and like, if you're an accelerationist, congratulations. It's accelerating. It's yeah. Fucking, yeah. Pedal to the metal. 110 down fucking yeah. straight away. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> No fucking police cars. You could just speed. No Jimmy's no. in sight. No, my yeah. God. It's fucking, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. And so, you know, it, and, and that's the thing. We got to start turning the ship around. And, and that is happening. I want to, um, it's been an insane month. Like we mentioned, I've been moving and, you know, we've been doing a whole bunch of shit. But yeah. we're going to release the two episodes we recorded early May. We're going to release this. This will be coming to you um, probably the following Wednesday from when we're recording it. Um, and, and yeah, look down the pipeline. We're excited to get back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, what, what, what you said spot on. It's and it's an alarming fucking rate and we, yeah. we got to start moving the needle and turn it around. And, uh, what I also want to mention is, um, fucking, oh, there was something important. All right. I, I there's a, there's a link to this, this donation thing i want you guys to all go to and read out and see if you want to donate i don't want to butcher all the details but it'll be in the link of the the link of the show yeah so check out the description and there'll be something in there yeah is that a good place to leave it it's a great place to leave it all right inside agitator episode 51 niggas oh wait one more thing (laughs) all right one more thing Fuck Joe Biden. We didn't mention that yeah, this episode. Oh, oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, fuck Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, and and he's and a real pussy. Piece of shit. And and he's not prosecuting Trump now. They got Kamala saying, "Fucking Kamala saying, don't come to the border." Same shit Trump said. They call him white supremacists for. Mm. They're literally doing all the same shit. Not prosecuting Trump, which is fucked up. Um, and if you don't think that Joe Biden's a Republican, you're smoking crack. He could put Joe Manchin on a leash tomorrow. He's not doing it on purpose. They suck, um, but we're going to keep fighting anyway, and we're going to raise hell for these politicians that think that they can just comfortably lull everyone back to sleep. We're not doing that over here, um, and I know this was kind of an episode that was meandering. Don't worry. Next up, we're back to the politics. We're going to report on all this. We're going to talk about all the general strikes. We're going to talk about all the Biden shit that's been going on. Got a lot of stuff that we have on the spreadsheet from the past month, so don't worry about it. 30-minute quick episodes, newsworthy.